0: Valentine's Week, so uh, I'm going to take a little detour, and we're going to talk about Valentine's. This week is Valentine's. Valentine, many Have you ever thought about the history of Valentine's Day? You know, there is a history. There, uh, there was actually a man by the name of Valentine. Mary, could you do me a favor and bring me the water right there? There? there was a man by the name of Valentine in the early church who was a martyr, thank you, Mary, a martyr... For his faith. He actually was martyred because he would not renounce his uh, Jesus Christ as his Lord. And uh, Claudius II was a Roman emperor that had him beheaded uh, on a pagan altar. And so about 50 years after his death, the church set aside February 14th as a day to remember his, the heroic way that he died for the lism There were tomb-like jails in Rome that they were held in. Now, Valentine came from a wealthy family in Rome, and he used that wealth, those connections, to come visit the prisoners, the Christian prisoners. He became a, 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 a believer at a young age, and now he was doing prison ministry for those who had been incarcerated. So Valentine would go, and he'd smuggle in small gifts and, uh, and food to those that were facing martyrdom. And with those gifts, he would give them, he would leave a little short notes of expressing love and encouragement. Eventually, Valentine himself was arrested as a Christian, and he, too, was martyred. Now, the tradition, the original tradition of commemorating Valentine as a person has been long forgotten. But the tradition of his love and care carries on today. Valentine's Day is a day where we celebrate love. We celebrate love. Now, for the Christian, for the Christian, there is a standard of love. There is a rule of love. There is a royal law. Of love. And that royal law, that greatest commandment, is given to us in the Scriptures. Is given to us in the Bible itself. We are, we are told in the Bible that God is love. Did you know that? The Bible says God is love. We're to abide in His love. We're to learn from His love. And we are to demonstrate His love to the world around us. Celebrating love celebrating God's. So how do we do that? What, what is a practical way? What practical ways? Can, how can we demonstrate God's love as a lifestyle? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at what's called, what's typically called the love chapter in the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, so if you want to, we can prepare for, we're going to read that in just a moment. But 1 Corinthians 13 is a, a chapter that describes love and more specifically describes God's love. And this is a love that we're to live. We're to live the love of God. So if you're ready, and let me get ready myself, we're going to read, and if you're able and willing, uh, if you'll stand with me, if you're able and willing to, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read verses 4 to 7. Just three uh short verses, but very impactful and important verses. Here we go. You ready? It says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, and it is not easily angered. It keeps no record. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Love. Love. We're going to be taking... You know, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote this chapter, if you read on just a little bit further, he, he's, he's writing it in the context of growing in Christian maturity. He's contrasting uh, being spiritually immature with being spiritually mature. And he says, when I became a man, he says, I gave up childish ways. You know, I, In other words, I gave up uh, immature ways. He's contrasting thinking, speaking, and reasoning like a child with thinking, speaking, and reasoning like a man. Apostle Paul says, I gave up. When I became a man, I gave up those childish ways. I, it's just talking about growing in spiritual maturity. Listen to this now. To grow in spiritual maturity is to grow in your ability to love. To love. It's all about the love of the Lord. So then, so then, learning to love like Jesus and learning to love with the love of Jesus, that's what we're to do. there, There is a quality in that love. There are attributes in that love that we're going to be observing this morning. So we're going to look at now, and it's in your outline, the back of your bulletin. We're going to look at the attributes of love. It's specifically five. attributes of love. This is not a worldly love. This is God's love. This is agape love. You know, the most uh, mentions of the word love in the New Testament are mentions of the word love in the context of living the Christian life, living love as a lifestyle, expressing it, living it out, living, uh, living out love, expressing love, being a witness of the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself embodied this love that we're to live. And so we're going to look at it, and we're going we're, we're to look at how to grow in the love of Jesus. And so, so now let's begin. The first of these five attributes of love is this. Love is patient. You see it there? Verse 4, love is patient and love is kind. You know, love is patient. I believe it's significant that patience is the first thing listed in this list of what love is. Patience. You know, the word patient there in its root idea has to do with suffering. Even being victimized. As a matter of fact, the King James Version, which I know many of you love, and I do as well, it says, it translates as long suffering. Love, agape, love or charity in King James is long suffering. Literally means to suffer long. When you're patient, uh, when you're patient, you're not angered at the offenses of others, but you endure them with grace and with self-control. Patience, being patient, being patient is enduring. Patience, listen to this now, patience leads to harmony in relationships. Patience leads to harmony in relationships. Someone, you know, somebody might go off on you. They might use some choice words on you. They might be, uh, uh, be angry at you. But if you're patient, you don't answer in the same fashion. The patience of Jesus Christ. The patience of Jesus Christ. Uh, listen to this. Patience doesn't respond in like fashion. Patience promotes peace. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, it says this. A person of patience promotes peace. Let's, let's look at this. Proverbs 15, verse 18, it says it says. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but one who is patient calms a quarrel. Calms a God's word explicit, explicitly tells us Christians are not to quarrel. I mean, it's pretty simple. It, you say, Larry, that's not real, that's really that's not really under, that's not really realistic. Well, that might be true, you know, in our natural selves, right? I mean, in our natural selves, we can do some nasty things. You know, if we're provoked. But here's the thing. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the help. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And like all fruit, fruit takes time to grow. This is something we're to grow in. Grow in patience. God wants us to learn to grow in the patience of Christ. The patience of Christ. Paul says it this way. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Eventually, I grew and grew and grew is what we're to do. We're to grow spiritually and to grow in our patience. God wants us. He wants us uh, to give up the immaturity and to grow in maturity. As a Christian, that means to grow in the love of Christ and patience is an attribute of his love. Patience. Patience, be patient with people. You know, it's not always easy, I know it. But be patient. Patient with people might, might provoke you. You know, the Bible says God's servants, God's servants are not to be quarrelsome. Second Timothy, Paul's writing to uh, the Christians about false teachers. False teachers that were uh, 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 kind of... Uh, you know, trying to deceive and teach false doctrine. And Paul says this. He, he, he tells them that to, to correct your opponents with gentleness. I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. 2 Timothy 2, 24, Paul says it this way. He says, the Lord's servants must not, now listen now, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone able to teach and not resentful. Ah, that's a lot, isn't it? To, to be able to teach but not to be resentful and not to be quarrelsome. God's servants are not to be quarrelsome. We're to be what? We're to be patient. Why? Because love is patient. Think about it. Think about it. Love tries to understand others. Love love uh, is thoughtful of the attitudes of others. Love has a mind set on the others Love is patient. Love is Usually when we become angry, it's because we feel we've been wrong, right? Right, wrong, I mean wrong, right, wrong. <laughs> we feel we've been wrong, you know, uh, we might grow in resentment. And, uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 says it very simply. Love is not easily angered. It's not easily irritated. Love is patient. Love is patient. Even in the middle of abrasive relationships, love is patient. God can use abrasive relationships, as yes, he can, to teach us patience. One writer says it this way. Patience is like a chisel shaping godly character. God patiently sculpts you into a person he, he can use to show his love to everyone you meet. Patience is an attribute of love. God is shaping us into the images of Jesus Christ to show the love of his patience to those around us. So we've seen now the first attribute of love is patience. Secondly, a second attribute of love is humility. Humility is an attribute of love. Verse 4. It says this. I'm in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. And it says... It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. New American Standard says it this way. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. Love is humble. Love is humble. It doesn't set itself up over other people, uh, but it seeks to serve other people. Its its thoughts are in serving others with the heart of Jesus Christ, with the heart of a servant. That's what Jesus taught his disciples. You remember, on the, we've talked about this before, the Last Supper. You know, Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he wanted to give them a, an object lesson they wouldn't forget. And so what did he do? Uh, during that meal, and after that meal, he stood up. He, he wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin, and one by one began to wash the disciples' feet. And he dried them with a towel. What was Jesus trying to teach them? He was trying to teach them. Let's take a look. He was trying to teach them. In John 13, this is John 13, verses 13 to 15. Jesus himself explains what he's trying to teach them. Let's take a look. John 13, verses 13 to 15. John, Jesus says this. He says, I, he says this. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you that you may do, you should do, as I have done to you. What is Jesus saying? Serve one another. Serve one another. And serve with a heart of humility. Do it with a heart of humbleness, of humility. Of humility. Jesus humbled himself and he lowered himself to wash his disciples' feet. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus was serving them and he said this. He said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? To serve. To serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. If Jesus came to serve, what are we to do? Amen. We're to serve. We're to serve with with a humble heart. Jesus lowered himself in washing his disciples' feet just like he lowered himself from heaven and limited himself when he came to become a man. Jesus existed from all eternity as the Word, God the Word, and he existed as a second person of the Trinity. Then he lowered himself, becoming a man, and the Bible says it this way. He said he did it, he did it to show us humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it talks about, and we're going to look at a few verses here in Philippians chapter 2. By the way, Philippians chapter 2 is all about humility. And it says in verse 8, He he was found uh, in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus humbled himself to die for us. And he died for us on the cross. He died for our sins. And he showed us. How to live with humility. He showed us how to be humble. Verse 5 of that same chapter says this. It says that we should have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. What attitude is that? The attitude of humility. Humility. Humility is an attribute of love. It's a humility uh, that we're to hold in our mind. How are we to hold that in our mind? How are we to live that out in our life? Well, look to Jesus. Look to his example and follow his word. Let's take a look. Verse 3 and 4, same chapter, Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, very specific instructions. It says this. Do not, do nothing from selfishness or vain conceit, but in all humility value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interest, only on your own interest, but each of you To the interests of others. Humility. Learning to be humble. The humility of Jesus Christ. Following his example. You know, Rick Warren says it this way in his book, The Purpose Driven Life." Life. He says humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Okay? He says humility. Humble people are focused on serving others. They don't think of themselves. See, that's the mindset, the mindset of servanthood. So then the second attribute of love is is an attribute of humility, having a heart to serve like Jesus served. So not only are the attributes of love, patience, and humility, but number three, the third attribute of love is selflessness. Selflessness. Verse 5 of of 1 Corinthians 13, it says this. It says it does not, talking about love, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. In other words, it doesn't disrespect others and it doesn't seek its own benefit at the expense of others, but it's, it's selfless in having its thoughts and how it thinks toward others. Selfless love. Selfless love uses what you have for the good of others. It, it, it's happy when others are happy. It seeks to bless others with encouragement, with encouragement and love and encouragement. There's a out that's called Rebuild Your Life by Dale Galloway. And in that book, he tells us this young boy named Chad. Chad, is a, he was a kind of a young a shy boy. And uh, he, he says it this way in his book. He says, little Chad was a shy, quiet young fellow. And one day he came home and he told his mother that he'd like to make a Valentine's for everyone in his class. And so her heart sank. She thought, I wish he wouldn't do that. Why? Because she, she, had watched out the, she had watched out her window. She had watched the children when they walked home from school. And, and her Chad was always behind them. They'd be laughing and hanging out with each other and talking with each other, but Chad were included. You know, they. Nevertheless, she decided she would go along with her son. So she purchased the paper and the glue and the crayons. You third grade kindergarten teachers, you know all about that. <laughs> for three weeks, Chad worked on this Valentine night after night, painstakingly putting thirty five Valentine uh, gifts together for his classmates. And Valentine's Day dawned, and Chad was beside himself. He was, a, he was excited, and he carefully stacked up those uh, valentines in a bag, and he bolted out the door. His, his mom decided to bake him some of his favorite cookies and serve him with, with a, a nice cool glass of milk when he came home from school because she, was di- she just knew he was going to be disappointed. Maybe he wouldn't even, uh, maybe that would ease the pain a little bit, she thought. It, it hurt her to think that he, would, he wouldn't probably get many valentines, maybe he wouldn't get any valentines. So that afternoon she, she, she had the cookies and the milk out on the, on the table and she heard the children outside. Sure enough, here they came, laughing and having the best of time and as always, Chad was in the rear. He walked a little faster than usual fully expected him to burst into the, the, the house in tears as soon as she got, he got inside. His arms were empty, she noticed. And when, when he came in the door, she just she just choked up, holding back her tears. Mommy has some cookies for you, Chad. I made some nice warm cookies and some milk for you. But he hardly heard a word. He just marched right on by her, His face was aglow, and all he could say was, not a one, not a one. Her heart sank, and then he added, I didn't forget a one. I didn't forget a one. He didn't care if he didn't get any Valentine's. He is focused on blessing his classmates. Amen. That's selflessness. That's selflessness. Chad knew what it meant to be selfless. Focus on encouraging and loving those around you. A a selfless heart with a selfless heart. With a selfless heart. Chad's mind wasn't on getting. His mind was on giving. He was thrilled that he gave one to every single classmate. That he wanted to bless him with what he had made. Selflessness is an attribute of love. Seeking to bless. Seeking to encourage. Valentine was a, a man of selflessness in the 3rd century. When he went to those prisons, he knew the risk. But he wanted to encourage. He wanted to love. He was selfless in his act of love. Love, the act, an attribute of love is selflessness. Selflessness. Now, fourth, we've talked about the love as being patient. We've talked about love as being humble. We've talked about love as being selfless. And now number four, truthfulness is an attribute of love. Truthfulness. Verse 6. Verse 6 says it this way. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It rejoices with the truth. Love rejoices with the truth because it's on the side of the truth. Just like you know, truth rejoices when, uh, love rejoices when truth wins, just like you rejoice when your, when your team wins. <laughs> when your team wins. we'll get them next time Todd <laughs> alright love rejoices with truth to live in truth is to live with joy why there's joy in walking because there's joy in walking with the Lord there's joy in listening to the truth there's joy in being sa- being guided by the Lord you know the Holy Spirit in the Bible is called the spirit of truth Jesus explained it this way. He said in John 16, 13, he told his disciples that he was going to to the Father, but it was for their good. But because when he left, he was going to send the Holy Spirit to them. And he says it this way in John 16, 13. He says, he says it this way. He says, when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Love rejoices with the truth. So how, how do you find the Spirit's guidance into all truth? Well, you begin with the Word of God, which is called the Word of truth. God's Word is called the Word of truth. John 17. And through prayer, Jesus said the Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you in the path of truth. He'll guide you in the doctrines of truth. He'll guide you in the way of truth. Love rejoices truth. With the truth, when you're walking in the truth and by the Spirit's guidance, you're walking with joy. Why? Why? Because you're walking with a cl- because you're walking with a clear conscience. Think about it. Apostle Paul says it this way: Acts twenty four sixteen. I strive to keep a clear conscience with God and with man. See, when you're living truthfully, you have nothing to hide. When you're living truth and you have nothing, you're not trying to deceive anybody. There's joy in it. There's joy in walking in the truth. Because when you're walking with the truth, you're walking with God. You're being true, honest with God. Love rejoices with the truth. Truth with God and truth with man. You know, God, the Bible says God himself rejoices when you live Truthfully, let's listen to this, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. God says it this way. The Bible says it this way, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. It says, the Lord detests lying lips. You know, he hates lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. You know, that tells us right there what rejoices the heart of God. You know, what brings uh, blessing to the heart of God. Being truthful. Being truthful. You know, how to please the Lord. Truth. Truth with him. Truth with man. You know, it's just like a parent. You parents, you parents, when you rejoice, you rejoice when your kids make right decisions and when they grow the right way. Am I right? Same thing with God. God rejoices when when his kids make the right decisions and they go the right way. Rejoicing in the truth. Truthfulness helps to keep relationships together. Truthfulness helps to keep... uh, Because someone who is truthful can be trusted. And strong relationships are built on truthfulness and trust. Being truthful. Being truthful. Truthfulness helps to keep relationships united. Without truth, Relationships fall apart. But you know what? It's not enough to be truthful. Ah, ah. It's not enough to be truthful. Why? Because truthfulness must always be accompanied by love. By love. Truth and love must always go together. Truth without love is harshness. Love without truth is simply sentimentality. They must always be joined together. Truth and love. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, Speak the truth in love. In love. It's not enough to speak the truth. It must always be accompanied by love. Truthfulness is an attribute of love. So not only are the attributes of love. Patience. See if we can remember them. Humility. Selflessness. But no, and Truthfulness. But number five, the attribute of, of, of love is faithfulness. Faithfulness is an attribute of love, verse 7. Back in 1 Corinthians 13. Faithfulness is an attribute of love. Of love It says this in verse seven, it says, "It always love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. In other words, there's never a time where love doesn't hope and, where it doesn't hope and trust and protect and persevere. Love is faithful. Why? Because God is faithful and God is love. First John chapter four, verse 16. God is love. We're talking about loving, living out God's love. One Christian counselor says it this way. He says it this about about couples uh, living out love for one another. He says, married partners often gauge their love by how they feel about each other. He says, the positive feelings that accompany love are God-given. That's a given. But authentic love involves even more. Love is first and foremost a commitment. It's a commitment. Love is a commitment. Love is a commitment. You have to prioritize your commitments of the commitments of your relationship. Make sure you are in right order. You relate your relationships, your commitments are in the right order. There was one man sitting at a Super Bowl, actually. Sitting on a Super Bowl seat. He had a front row seat at the Super Bowl. He kind of had his commitments confused. You might know where I'm going with this. (laughs) He kind of had his commitments confused. And this one younger man, uh, this one younger man uh, uh, found him. Now, the younger man had won a, a ticket to the Super Bowl. He was very excited. I'm going to the Super Bowl. And when he got there, uh, his excitement kind of lessened because he was way, way in the back. So what did he do? You know, he, he, he looked around. He looked around and searched for a row He might get a better seat. And he found one. He found one right next to the field. matter of fact, it was right next to this man I'm just talking about. He approached this man, this older man, sitting next to him. Uh, and there was an empty seat uh, uh, right next to him. And he said, uh, is anybody sitting in that seat? the man said, no. And the younger man was amazed. He said, how can, how can uh, someone, you know, how can anybody pass up a seat like this? And the older man said, well, it was my wife's seat, but, you know, we would go to the Super Bowl every year. You know, we, we, ever since we got married, we'd go to the Super Bowl, and, but she's passed away. And the younger man said, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but couldn't you find a friend or a relative to go with you? And the older man said, no, no, no. Uh, they're all at the funeral. <laughs> okay. <laughs> might, might have had his commitment a little bit in the wrong order there. <laughs> God, God, Lord help us to have our commitments in the right order. Amen. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But faithfulness, you know, faithfulness, being committed, being committed. We, uh, f- faithfulness is being staying committed. It's ain't committed. It's, it's living. It's living out. It's living out God's love. And it's living out these commitments uh, that he gives us in, in his love. Our faithfulness. Our faithfulness is a reflection of our faith in God. Did you know that? Our faithfulness. The, more, the closer we are to God, the more faithful we're going to be to others. Think about it. Uh, uh, faithfulness. We're, you know, we're just reflecting the, God's perfect faith. And there is a faithfulness that, it's a faithfulness that cannot be de- defeated. It's a faithfulness that cannot be conquered. It's a faithfulness that is always triumphant. It's a faithfulness. You know, our faithfulness is founded on our faith in God. It's a faithfulness that has the knowledge that in Jesus Christ, God will always lead us in triumph. Faithfulness is an attribute of love. So then still thinking about that, man. (laughs) So then, we've looked at the attributes of love. We've looked at the five attributes. Patience is an attribute of love. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's what we're to grow in as we grow in Christ. God uh, God uses patience to chisel us and to shape us into the image of Jesus. Second, we've looked at the humility as an attribute of love. Jesus gave us the greatest object lesson with his death on the cross, and when he washed his disciples' feet, he was given an object lesson of servanthood, humility, serving with humility. We're to think less of ourselves and more of others. Number three, an attribute of love is selflessness. Chad, oh good old Chad, he worked night after night for three weeks, and he, he made those beautiful valentines. He just wanted the thrill of giving everyone something he made. Amen. And love is selfless. And number four, love is truthful. The fourth attribute of love is a truthfulness. Truthfulness. Truth and is an attribute of love. Truthfulness brings joy for the clear conscience with God and with man. Truthfulness and love are a couple. They always go together. They, they always go together. And then five, attribute of love is faithfulness. Faithfulness is an attribute it keeps its commitments in the right order. Faithfulness, being faithful to God, the more faithful you are to God, the more faithful you are to others. God is faithful. Valentine, Valentine refused to renounce his faith in the risen Christ. He dedicated his life to showing the love of Christ to those who were in prison for Christ. Showing the love of Jesus should be our highest priority in life. Showing the attribute of his love isn't just a, it's not only a privilege, it's a duty. Will you do it? Will you do it? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for showing us what love is. And Lord, now it's just up to us to do it. You know, we, we, we understand what your word tells us, Lord, and help us, Lord, by the help of the Holy Spirit, to, uh, to walk uh, in love, in love, as we, as we seek to, uh, to, to, to follow Jesus and to grow in Jesus and to love like Jesus. Lord, Jesus, guide us as your servants, as your, this, as your uh, followers, guide us to be loving as you love and show the world your love in these ways that we've looked. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right this morning, everybody. So we're gonna sing a hymn of invitation in, in just a moment.